0: Hello, and welcome to Practically Political. I'm Dave Spencer.
1: And I'm Carrie Sheffield. Let's get right to it, Dave. All right, Alrighty. so Nicole Hannah-Jones, she's the creator of the infamous or famous, whatever your take, 1619 Project. Uh, she said she was moving to Howard University after the University of North Carolina questioned her credentials. They then later offered her tenure, but she said, no, I'm going to Howard Numerous scholars found big problems with the 1619 Project, Uh, and then you see her over and over what she's doing uh, with racial grievances, yet you have polling showing that uh, among, and this is an A-plus polling, um, according to 538, saying that pride in America is so high that even among Blacks and Americans who are repeatedly described as victims uh, of racism and tolerance, 55% of Black Americans and 57% of Hispanics say they're either extremely proud or very proud. Just 7% of Blacks and 9% of Hispanics say they aren't proud at all of the USA. So given these facts, why does the media keep giving airtime to Hannah Nicole Jones and people like her?
0: Well, first of all, I don't know why. My dad was a college professor and last time I checked, you have to have academic credentials and you have to earn it and you've got to go in front of students. I mean, the 1619 Project, as I've said before, is historical garbage. It's not rooted in fact. It's rooted in bias. And as I've said before, there is a much greater demand for racism in this country than there is a supply. And so the narrative has to be fed, right? So that's why a lot of the media will jump on board and uh, give fuel to this stuff. Uh, as far as the pride issue goes, I think those numbers are shockingly low. Just look at, look at what's going on in Cuba and tell me that you're not proud to be an American. Uh, I think these numbers should be higher. And I think there has been a lot of uh, effectiveness by the media and by, you know, the Abraham Lincoln type people in beating down this country and making people feel that they're less proud to be Americans and that they're less proud to wave the flag. And to me, it's a real shame because I think this is the greatest country around.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. We're gonna talk more about Cuba later. All right, let's move on to our next question though. Bad news about inflation again this week. Inflation spiked 5.4% in June, up beyond 5 percent in May as well. The White House touted that the American families would save an average of a measly 16 pennies on their July 4th cookouts this year. The White House ignoring the fact that driving to a cookout uh, would put the family in the red because of fuel costs, depending on how much you go. Um, The White House announcement seemed like a spoof to me uh, from The Onion or Saturday Night Live. Uh, Is this out of touch with everyday Americans and is the Federal Reserve underestimating the risks of inflation? That's what The Wall Street Journal recently uh, published an op-ed on that.
0: Well, as as, as to answer the question, is it out of touch with ordinary Americans? Yes. I mean, I live in California where gas prices for premium are hitting five bucks a gallon. Overall, I think that'll help us in the long run because it'll steer us more towards alternative fuels. But as to your second question, I'm sticking to my original guns. I believe this inflation is transitory. I believe it is based more on supply chain issues and thin, and thin inventories than a long-term trend. Lumber prices, which people were yelling about a couple of months ago, those have come down now. So I think gas prices will originally come down. I will eventually come down. I think there's been, again, supply issues. And I think a lot of people that weren't driving are driving more now. So it's kind of a perfect storm. But uh, I think the Fed is right not to worry about it. And I would be very, very surprised if you had uh, some long-term spike in inflation, because I think the fundamentals, if you look at the bond market and things like that, the fundamentals are very indicative of no real long-term inflation threat. Uh, And the stock market and everything else, they were a little spooked at first when they said they would raise interest rates in, in the end of next year. But right now, the market is back to where it is. And if you look at particularly tech stocks in the last uh, few weeks have had uh, a huge boom with uh, Apple now hitting two and a half trillion market cap, which is pretty amazing, That's 10% of the entire S&P 500.
1: Ah, well, stay tuned. We keep debating this, Dave. Uh, let's move to another topic here. The Liberals are steaming mad at let the recent Supreme Court decision six to three, a ruling upholding some voter integrity laws in Arizona. There was a writing by uh, Justice Samuel Alito for the majority. He noted that Arizona voters may vote uh, by mail or in person for nearly a month before election day. Why are liberals hysterical about this ruling given that in Arizona you have nearly a month to vote? What does this say about how serious someone takes voting if they can't do it over the course of an entire month? It's all about saying that voting is a sacred right, but how sacred is it if you, you can't make it a priority?
0: Well, I agree. And this is just another chapter in what I honestly think is one of the most feckless responses and strategic uh, <laughs> things I've ever seen for any party addressing anything. The Democrats are so incompetent when com- when it comes to this. This Arizona law, which, which basically just outlawed ba- ballot harvesting, which is where you can go and collect ballots for other people, which is controversial at best, and it said if you go to the wrong precinct, and I don't care what people like Joy Reid say, people don't accidentally go to the wrong wrong precinct. They've been voting there typically for, for elections for generations. They know where it is. But having said that, this law on a scale of 1 to 10, I've told you what worries me is some of these laws like in Georgia that allow the legislature to overrule county boards. And by the way, that provision was taken out of the Texas law. So the Texas law has been defanged considerably. But... Uh, this is like a one and a half out of 10. It is so minor. And yet you have the, the boy crying wolf here where Democrats are going apoplectic. And I just think it reduces their credibility on the issue because pick your battles. You know, even H.R. 1 doesn't deal with with the counties being overridden by the, by the state legislature. So I think it really hurts their cause. And once again, Democrats are spending so much time trying to change the rules while Republicans are being very effective at bending them.
1: All right. Well, we'll keep following across the country, these different states. Meantime, let's go to our final topic, the wild card. Let's go to Cuba. So Cuba erupted in protest this week with many people angry and frustrated, taking to the streets, demanding freedom. Republicans like former UN ambassador Nikki Haley said that some members of the Biden administration actually think the protests in Cuba are about COVID-19 and not decades of oppression and suffering under a brutal communist regime. How embarrassing, that's a quote from her. Haley also went on uh, to go after President Biden for rejoining the UN Human Rights Council alongside the uh, Cuban communist dictatorship that oppresses its people. Should the Biden administration do more to help Cuba come out from under communist rule?
0: Yes, and I have to say, by the way, our policy on Cuba, and this goes back through every administration in the last certainly 30 years has been just 360 degrees of wrong you know our policy has been good if you hate the regime it's been good if you love the regime it just has been very ineffective it hasn't achieved what we wanted what, what, what we've wanted to and i must admit the democrats when you have people like bernie sanders who honeymooned in cuba and you have uh, some people talking about well this is about covid really well the that cubans that was get five yeah yeah well cubans get five eggs a week this is about food shortages This is about lack of freedom. This is about the lack of the Internet, which is cut off. So I think what we need to do is we need to get food supplies there, make the government forcibly stop those supplies, which will be international embarrassment, and get satellite Internet there so people can at least communicate. You know, I have heard people that were on phone calls and the phone calls were cut off in the middle because the government controls the Internet. So as much of all of us would love to see us just go in there and overthrow the government, you really can't do that. But I do think that we can, in this day and age, we can empower the Cuban people with more information. And freedom of information, freedom of access, that's what communist regimes like the Castro regime or the current regime fear the most. So unfortunately, that's the least bad option that we have.
1: All right, Dave Spencer, thanks so much.
0: This has been so much fun as always, folks. Please come and join us every session for Practically Political. Love to hear your thoughts. And Carrie, once again, thanks for uh, making it a great show.
1: All right, folks. And make sure to follow us on social media. Until next time. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone.